episode 225 of Nerds Eye View for the 19th of May. My name is Jordan. I'm with Andrew and Adam. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Welcome to this FG show today. How are you doing, Andrew? Great. Good to hear. Good to hear. Let's just get into it. Everyone knows how this show goes. We're reviewing Mad Max Fury Road later. You know, instead of FG, it's an FR. Let's just do it. Fury. Let's start with the top 10. <clears throat> Count me down. I'm number 10. Far from the matting crowd. Which is definitely where you are when you're number nine. Ex Mahina. I, eight? Home. Which is what uh, is being searched for in number seven. The age of Adeline. Which is the number in number six. Furious seven. <laughs> Which is... Uh, this person is never going to be added to that film, number five. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. And he's number four. In Hot Pursuit. Of number three. Avengers, Age of Ultron. I'm number two. Mad Max, Fury Road. Who's just trying to find number one. Bitch Perfect 2. Whoa. Shots fired. <laughs> What the hell? Right. Uh, and I have a theory about this. Yeah. And I believe it's 100% correct because I've talked to a couple people who've seen Mad Max and I've talked to a couple people who've seen Pitch Perfect 2. And in Mad Max, we have older children, hopefully, you know, teens. We have 20 to 30 year olds. Mm. And in Pitch Perfect, we have teenagers mm. and we have older people. Mm. And, and me, I mean. And, just. of course. Well, I'm saying there's going to be some cross-section. There's going to be some exceptions. But when you think about it, like, there's far more teenagers and older people than there are people our age. So, like, everyone around our age is going to see Mad Max. Everyone younger and older, they're going to be seeing Pitch Perfect 2. So these numbers make sense then. But it's like a, it's such a disparity. 70 million for Pitch Perfect 2 and 44 for Mad Max. I, I don't even understand... Like that's well. That's then a you huge have you have fifteen million from teenagers, and you have fifteen million from like. There's just more people going to see it. That's I guess. I mean, that's the only way that like, it makes sense. Like Mad Max so many is more. nothing but an R, and yeah. there's always there's like every big movie that comes out now is skirting the line trying to be PG-13 simply because they're going to get more people to be able to be in the seats. Mm. Because as soon as you get an R, you're cutting out a segment of the population. A huge segment. and and tell me. That there aren't six to eighteen-year-olds who are going to be all about Pitch Perfect two that aren't going to be showing up to Mad Max. I guess. And there's going to be parents taking those kids there, mm. and there's going to be older people who grew up watching plays, watching old TV shows that were all about singing during the shows. Like we're talking about demographics here that are not being covered by Mad Max that are being covered by Pitch Perfect. Makes sense. Like it it. It would it would have actually surprised me more if Mad Max beat out Pitch Perfect too, and that Pit, would have been an upset. Pitch Perfect does have the other movie going for it. Right, Everyone's already seen the other one. Yeah, and it's been well, such a the long last like five years. Right, yeah. it was Pitch Perfect. Uh, last Everyone Mad remembers Max was, Pitch Perfect. People yeah. may not have even seen. There are people alive who have never seen a Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm or even surprised. heard of Mad Max. There are people alive who have never heard of Mad Max. That is our because review. it is. It so. is big. It has been so long since the last one. Like kind of crazy. These numbers make sense to me. I'm just happy they both did well. Like forty four million dollars is not anything to well, here's be the upset thing. about. Do you think that's enough for them? I mean, I've heard that they they already have a title for the sequel, but mm-hmm. I do you think the sequel's even 
greenlit at this point with oh, that yeah. little money. Yeah. Because for me, I, no, I'm saying little. I know it's like, oh, $44 million. What a drop in the bucket. But like that movie cost at least a hundred million or more to make. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna have a nice long tail. Like okay. if if you look at the internet right now, hmm. like I follow a lot of people who are in our age group who care about the things that we do, at least I feel like I do. And no one's talking about Pitch Perfect in social media right now. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple of people are. Hmm. But the majority well, of people on Facebook, on Twitter, they're all talking about go see this movie. I've seen it a bunch of times. Like I'm probably gonna go see Mad Max again. Uh, like I, I, the last time I did that was Dark Knight Rising. What I really think is is interesting though with both Mad Max and Pitch Perfect Two is that it, that it raises a, a discussion about women in films, right? Because Pitch Perfect Two was directed, written, and stars. Yeah, women. Like, a lot of women. Yeah, there's barely any men in Pitch Perfect Two, which is cool. Which is like really cool. Yeah, that they that they managed to to make such a successful film. Oh yeah, it doesn't definitely. Have to follow the you know. You know, it's a good Hollywood. sign. It's really awesome. And even same thing with Mad Max. When we get to our review, we'll talk more about it. But, yeah. But the, the there's a female lead mm-hmm. who is strong and independent. The title's technically disingenuous. Like yeah, a little bit. Yeah. When it comes down to it, it's not a movie. Like Mad Max plays a pivotal role in the film, mm-hmm. but he's not the main character. Yeah, we'll get to that. In the right I know. I, I we'll talk about it later, yeah. but. Like that's this is a great thing. We have over seventy. No, we have a, over a hundred million dollars this week alone for movies that feature strong women. Mm-hmm. Like this is great. This is nothing to be upset about. Some would also argue Hot Pursuit falls in that category. Yeah, does it? I think I'm, so. I'm still not sure. I watched it and I, I don't know. I liked it better when it was me, myself, and Irene. Oh my god, I love that movie. Yep. That's uh, okay. Can we watch that? Can we review that? Someday. <laughs> I miss J- good Jim Carrey. Man. What, what do you think you should do next? Did you even see Dumb and Dumber 2? Nope. I didn't either. No. Well, well, I'm seen the good. first one. You didn't miss much, but... Yeah. yeah. I would imagine. No, he, I don't want him to make another Ace Ventura, because I know it just won't be the same, mm-hmm. but I want him to do something like he used to. Something new. Films used to be written for him, and I feel like they're not anymore. Like no one, I haven't, I haven't seen a movie where I've been like, yeah, this was written for Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Like, but they used to be. Yeah. Did you see uh, what was that called? Fun with Dick and Jane. Was that the name of that movie? Never saw that one. I remember they were they were thieves, right? That I feel was like, pretty good. I feel like that one was one of the last ones written for him. Right. Yeah. And that one it's was him really and good. It like, was just like a still a, a a strange character to me. Right. Like I don't understand her. <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> She's uh, a mystery. But I also miss stuff like. Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind and and the Truman Show and stuff like that. Oh, Truman Show is a classic. Where like really interesting films where he 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 plays like heartful roles because of his goofiness. Like, where's that? Like, we're missing all kinds of stuff now. Mm-hmm. We miss and, Jim uh, there's, Carrey. There's How about not, that? We miss another, Jim Carrey. There's not another actor that fits that that staple. Jim Carrey. Besides Adam Sandler, those two were my favorite comedy movies when I was a kid. Yep, well, those two. Those like made my childhood. But I'm happy Jim Carrey, like, aside from Dumb and Dumber Two and stuff like that, like mm. he's at not least pulling he at Adam stopped Sandler. trying. <laughs> Whereas Adam Sandler's just like, I'm gonna keep going to the cobbler, dry, throw it out, dry well. <laughs> There's no water here, but I'm gonna keep putting that bucket down. You guys remember Happy Gilmore? Yep. Huh? Who wants to s- drink some sand? <laughs> <sighs> Poor Adam Sandler. How the mighty have fallen. He's doing it to himself. Almost 200 million though this weekend, so this is is good time. Yeah, more money than last weekend, right? By a lot. Uh, And that's even considering. I mean, last weekend there wasn't 
Uh, what was the big release last weekend? Hot Nothing? Pursuit. Hot Pursuit. And the week before was Avengers. Sure. And yeah, but the week before was Avengers, <laughs> and Avengers has the, the long tail that we, we were talking about. Yep. Where so week, they still made $40 million. That's the almost as much as... The top three movies are over $150 million. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Avengers so still almost made as much as Mad Max right. in the third week. Yep. But, I mean, that's understandable. How much did it make its first week? Oh, jeez. Avengers? Yeah. Did it make $100 million? I think it made, it made over almost $100 million. I don't Yeah, it made so much I think, money. I think it... Yeah, I don't know. Crazy money. Marvel just has dumb money. Yep. Like, dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're, it, they're smart about their properties. Avengers 2, in three weeks, overtook the total amount of box office for Fury 7 in seven weeks. Yep. Like, even with six other films leading up into that, it's like Marvel had 11 yep. <laughs> going in. So, and, and they're so smart about their other properties. Like, you have... Well, Daredevil. Daredevil, Daredevil is so, so different good. in so many different ways. But is amazing. It's so and it, good. And it had almost nothing to do with Avengers, but it's still I, like we were hyped. I Not love how it doesn't pull the agents because I'm so over Agents of Shield. Mm-hmm. I love how it doesn't pull in Agents of Shield. It's like you guys know Thor and yeah. Iron Man. I, just, I almost <laughs> I feel, feel like, like that's soon. That's just because it's on network television and because it's also on Fox. Mm. Like I'm having no, it's on a lot. It's on ABC. Yeah, well, ABC. ABC is owned by Disney, and Disney and, owns and Marvel, you know they have Marvel. ABC. Isn't that where sh- uh, Supergirl is going to be at? No, no. Supergirl is going to be on CBS. CBS. I'm sorry. It's hard uh, to keep it all straight. And all the other stuffs on CW. Arrow and Flash, Flash. and Heroes of Tomorrow are going to be on CW. CW. So it's it's just it's just a scattershot of all these different superhero shows. But Daredevil, because it's not on network television, it doesn't have to worry so, about yeah any problems like. Any show that's on a network uh, channel has to worry about, like, besides ratings, like, oh, no, is this okay for families? Like, yeah. everyone's so worried about everything. Everything, like, passes through so many hands to make sure that people are going to be okay, that there's no outrage, whereas giving it to Netflix just Netflix says... Netflix is doing it right. and They're doing all sorts I was, of right. I was looking at, like, you know how you can make your list of shows? Yeah. And I looked at my recently watched, and it's just all Netflix original stuff. Yeah. Like... They've they put a big push behind making original content and it's all fantastic. Like that chef's have you guys been watching Chef's Table? No. All right, so Jared Dreams of Sushi is an amazing documentary. Mm. They paid that guy to come make <laughs> six six standalone shows about six different chefs all over the world who have done something amazing in the field, and that show is incredible. It's beautiful. Can we just talk about how great Daredevil is? And Daredevil's- I love that show. Uh, got the best villain in the MCU universe. So just saying. So good. I, I agree. I heard yep. Bullseye. It's, it's like, I don't give I a agree. shit about Thanos. <laughs> oh, who cares? Yeah. I don't Put care. on a glove and punch someone. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just whatever. Give Dude, me Will Skin fi- Is it me or does he always kind of look like he's about to cry? But that's good. <laughs> I feel like he is always about to cry. And instead of crying, he punches. <laughs> yeah. Or rips. Or yeah. rips. Or, or bashes their smashes head. Or, yeah. Yep. Or shoots, yep. and I hear uh, they uh, bullseye next season. Uh-huh. Well, definitely Electra is coming, and Electra is too. I kind of want to see yeah. uh, Colin Farrell retake his role <laughs> as uh, bullseye. I don't. I don't, man. That <laughs> movie, man. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I would be okay with that. Uh, all right, so that's the box office top ten. Well, hey, hold on. New Colin Farrell post True Detective. Yes. Okay. Have you seen him in that most recent True Detective trailer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah, for my buddy is June twenty first. Oh my god! I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the the original. I haven't seen the other one yet with Woody Harrelson. You and, need to. I know. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Where's it on? HBO. HBO. Okay. Only HBO. I got HBO Go. Well, go. I don't. 
My but buddy you, does. But you do. My buddy does. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth it. It's just just yeah. marathon. It's incredible. You <clears throat> might need to take a break at some point because it's so intense. Yeah. Like wash it out with some uh Archer. Archer. There we go. Or uh yeah. Yeah, Archer will be good. It's <laughs> good. Because I still gotta catch up on this season. There you go. I'm fine, Perfect. So. And then you'll Man. start getting a lot of jokes that other that's, shows have that's made. That's a good like, weekend. Oh, that is a good Archer joke. and True Detective? Yeah. That's, that's a good, good weekend. Damn. And I'm caught up on Flash, and I just caught up on Eros, just so I know oh, the, the reference. Finale, the finale for of, Flash is this week. I know, I'm pretty excited. Oh, I'm so excited. Arrow is just a freaking soap opera. The only reason I finished it is so I could just finish just, out the it's season. It's dude soap opera, 100%. Like, uh, I wish it wasn't, but it is. I hope they get away from that in Legends of Tomorrow. I know, I do. Is, is Ra's al Ghul any good in Arrow? Yeah. He's, he's one of the better he's characters. He's the only dude who's not like... Oh God! But I love her. Like he's the only dude well, not course. doing that, because he's just too busy killing everybody. <laughs> that, that frustrates me. I want to watch it now. Just I want just want to watch Ra's al It's Ghoul. so Ra's al Ghul is really good. But the Arrow, it, that show sucks now. I don't like no. it. I don't. Well, it, it'd be awesome if Oliver really is gone. Like if he just disappears and goes to Legend of Tomorrow, and then the show becomes about Speedy and you know. Everybody else, Diggle. they went Diggle. to Ferris Airfield, yep, and they talked about Dude, Green Lantern. One hundred percent, Green Lantern's gonna be in <laughs> there. And they're like, they're yeah. like one of their test pilots went missing. Dude, and they're like, I was like, oh, oh, oh. John, John Diggle could be the Flash. They the could Flash? totally turn Green, him into the Flash. The Flash. Or, yeah, Green Lantern. Sorry, <laughs> he's got an interview where he he talked about that. Yeah, and uh, he totally could. He said that it was it was talked about. Yeah, that's all that he could say. Yeah, that of course. Talked about. Heroes tomorrow looks pretty. Legends mm-hmm. tomorrow. Is it Legends? Yep. Okay, Legends. It's got just the right amount of Doctor Who in it because there's a time traveling dude. If we did, and it's if, Arthur Darvo. If we did episode titles, it would be he's the, from Doctor Who. This episode would be called "We Can't Get the Names Right." No, <laughs> he can? could be the Flash Who on Heroes of Tomorrow. You yeah. know what's funny is I I was watching the Heroes of uh, Le- is it Legends? God dang it! Legends I was watching tomorrow? the Legends of Tomorrow trailer uh-huh. and I knew Arthur Darville was going to be in the show, uh-huh. so I was like, yeah, okay. But when he showed up in the trailer, I was, I was like, oh, oh yeah, like, yes, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a British accent uh-huh. and he's like oh, oh it's so and cool. Adam actually becomes the Adam instead yeah. of being the poor man's Iron Man oh that was I hated that yep hated that poor man Ugh. now he's Ant-Man yeah just in time for Ant-Man and they brought out, back right? the Adam exactly. does his Ant-Man powers. and they bring exactly. back the Lindsay Lohan lookalike girl oh Sarah's really good though she looks like Lindsay Lohan she in was in uh, Mad Men which also ended I don't want to talk about that like everyone online is talking about the ending of Mad Men, and I just Laurel was I in White Chicks. Less. Good. Laurel was in White Chicks. Oh, I'll believe it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just and it's good the, it's their dad, the captain, he was in the Dresden Files. I just found right. out because yeah. I was looking at that. All these people are in lots of stuff. <laughs> it totally blew my mind. I was like, I'd heard of this, I'd never seen it, yeah, and I he's saw Dresden. <laughs> I didn't know that. It blew my <clears throat> mind. Ah, oh, good time. So right, new releases. The Flash still good though. I still like it. Yep. Here's what's coming out, new on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, you know, I'm going to say skip it, but I'll still say that it's coming out, American Sniper. Yep. Snipper? Snipper. We reviewed it in an episode, and I didn't write down I, that episode number. I didn't so like that movie. Fine. Yep. Yeah, it's not a good one. Uh, and then, also, I didn't see this, and I, I you know... Who knows? I didn't uh, even see the first one. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. The first one was actually really funny. Right, I, well, if it comes on yeah. TV, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. I would only watch I the guess. second one for Adam Scott. I wouldn't. I like, I like him a lot. He's all right. He's a 
funny guy. Like the first one is good, though. I don't know about the second. I haven't even seen a trailer for it. Anyway, uh, moving on to DVD only. Uh, for this next title, we're going to play our game. I'm not going to click play. it this time because I did last time. Cheater. <laughs> uh, we're going to play this little game uh, where I'm going to read the title of this film. And uh, Jordan and Adam uh, will each get a clue. And they'll, they'll get a chance to guess the plot of this film that's coming out this week. DVD only. The title of the film is uh, hashtag EM3 colon eeny meeny miny mo. What? Yeah. Exactly. You can see the title in front of you so you understand. There's a hashtag. It's a number sign, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I, I will either give you the year or the genre. Please go first. We'll start Adam. with Adam. Do you want the year or the genre? I have a feeling this is... Before you ask, I'm going to try and help you out a little bit. <laughs> it's got to be recent because hashtag, mm-hmm. like, that's So I'm not going to go with a year. Recent I wasn't going to go with year. I'm going to okay. give you the genre. It's a crime drama. Uh, okay. All right. I got this. So the three, this is actually, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. It's actually the three stooges and they become private detectives. And they go around solving crazy cases. I like this. <laughs> but they keep it real serious. Like, they'll, they'll grab each other's nose every now and then and poke each other's eyes out, but it's, like, real serious. They're like, hey. And then they'll poke each other's eyes, and, but they'll solve crimes. So that's my guess. I'm right, aren't I? All right, Jordan. All right. Uh, it's 2013, by the way. Not yep. that it helps. Yeah, I know. Uh, this is a spiritual successor to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids about a group of crime doers who turn themselves super small and get into vaults and stuff like that by going into the locks and then they come to the other side, steal everything, put it into bags, shrink themselves down and leave. So it's about uh, a, a, a detective who's trying to figure out how they're doing this and then realizes... Is this about tigers? Nah. Uh, okay. This is a very long description, but I feel like I need to read the entire thing. Please do. For you Hit to me. understand what's going on here. Hit me. I was Red right. Hot Thriller, hashtag EM3, eeny, meeny, miny, mo chronicles the tense journey through Miami's dark underworld of Raul, a tow truck driver, car thief, and drug dealer. It is Miami Beach, but it may as well be L.A., Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, or anyone's backyard where hustlers play in the game has no rules, featuring electrifying performances by the likes of and- Andres Dominguez, Hangover Part 3's Oscar Torre, and international music artist Kai Mani Marley, hashtag EM3, is a sexy, thrilling, and hip drama that serves as a reminder that every choice has its rewards and consequences. I'm not done yet. When Rahul, a Miami tow truck driver with a secret car thief habit, builds a network to fence his stolen goods, his criminal franchise prospers. But when he and his new neighbor, Nikki, spark a spur-of-the-moment relationship, it sets off a deeper affection that begins to dismantle Rahul's finely-tuned conspiracy ring. Rule on his quest for a high score makes an important choice that has an unexpected outcome with never imagined consequences affecting everyone around him including the only love of his life that he could never seen coming it's unaffected the most vague unaffected. description exactly ever. it just kept saying the same thing everyone okay here we go last this is it called wilder and crazier than anything you might have imagined by the Miami Herald hashtag EM3 combines a sizzling sweat inducing story that plays to the beat of some of today's hottest artists including Thurston Howell the third Jesus Christ Otto Van Sirach, Mayday, and Miami Beat Wave. Literally never heard of any of those. 
I feel like this is a music video that they just made long enough in, in, and added people shooting at each other. And uh, Andres Dominguez looks strangely like Shia LaBeouf. That's, that's what the, I was thinking on, on the, the cover, cover of this movie. He looks just like him. Oh my God, yeah, I kind of see it. Do you say LaBeouf? Scary. LaBeouf. LaBeouf. And the, ha- the, the, boof. the uh, tagline seems to be sunny place, shady people. <gasps> no. And oh, I feel like that's also, pretty good, actually. By describing. <laughs> that's uh, pretty good. In the description, when they said, uh, it is Miami Beach, but it may as well be LA, Chicago, New York, Atlanta, Dallas, or anyone's backyard, that's their way of saying, like, yeah, the, the, we don't know. We don't, when yeah. we shot it, it was in, it was in Ontario, but we just yeah. made it look yep. like wherever. Like, we don't know what it's supposed to be. We don't know. This this movie looks super dumb. Yeah. <laughs> What's the next one? Uh, it's you know uh, it's Strange Magic, which if you recall is a Lucasfilm animated feature that came out earlier this year and did terribly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I almost made this the the guess what what the plot is. But I would have. I feel like you would have you would have remembered. But I eventually but it was so small. Like I felt right. like I could sneak it in, and you'd be like, "What is this?" It was really the last movie he did. I mean, it just it came was, out. It was right after the... But, so uh, the next Lucasfilm thing is Star Wars. Like, it's crazy, like, to think... Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and it has, like, a bunch of, you know... It's got people. Talent. Yeah. yeah. As voices. But no one gave a crap because, like, if, if Pixar or Disney... It was a dumb Disney, kids movie that, yeah. that was not, you know, Pixar or DreamWorks. If DreamWorks, Pixar, or Disney doesn't make it, no one cares. Mm-hmm. Which, they, technically, now Disney or, did make or it. Or whatever, uh, whatever the... Um, Blue, what are they called? Imagine Sky, Blue Sky, Blue Sky. The people who make uh, Despicable Me. Yeah, they have some funny name, and they're they're getting big. Yep. Wow, well, Tony Cox, thing. who is a, a little person, actually plays a plum elf in an animated movie. They could make him a normal sized person. Well, he sounds. Or they could just <laughs> in an animated movie. Does he sound small? I don't know. <laughs> maybe his voice. <laughs> maybe they just wanted to get the. They just they didn't move the mics, and so no. he's from down here. Hey guys, hey. Well, I know. They just wanted look, that sound. Look, not to be uh, sizest, but little vocal cords make little sounds. <laughs> Why not get a child? Because because they can still sound small, but sound mature at the same oh, time. Right. Uh, new on Blu-ray, a film. I think he was the the elf from Bad Santa. Nice. Yeah. A film called Flawless. Robert De Niro, Philip Seymour Hoffman. What? Yeah. New on Blu-ray. Never before on Blu-ray before. Never before. Never before. On Blu-ray, I'm gonna never be like before? I'm going to be like hashtag EM3. An unforeseen consequence that he couldn't have seen coming hits him surprisingly. This actually sounds like an interesting movie, though. Yeah, Flawless is... Uh, Phil Schumer Hoffman is some kind of a drag queen or something? He's a pre-op transgenderist, right. openly gay, flamboyant person who is the neighbor of uh, Robert De Niro and responsible for giving him singing lessons to bring back his voice because he had a stroke and lost uh, his vocal cords got paralyzed and mm-hmm. as a part of his uh, physical therapy to, to get control of them again it, it involves singing lessons and it just makes sense that his neighbor would do it mm-hmm. sure so that's interesting welcome to Broadway <laughs> and on TVD we got nothing Nothing looked good to me. Nothing came out. Uh, I could have talked about Glee, you know, but I know none of y'all like Glee, but... You don't know that. Well, season six. What do you... Don't turn any knobs. Yeah, what are you doing over there? Who knows? You just deleted everything. <laughs> it's all gone. Um, no touchy. You know what? Now that I brought it up, so Glee season six out on DVD now. <laughs> uh, but it was probably the worst season. 
Of course. Uh, isn't I, that isn't that can't that be said about every season? I came in at season four, and I thought that was a that was a pretty good season, and then it just got worse. So they lost track of what was actually going on in the show. I feel you. Where the, every week they just kind of made up what was happening. It was it was like a cartoon. It was insane. Yeah. It was. Yeah, you're watching Glee. What do you expect? Noth- nothing made any sense. The writer, the head writer for SpongeBob, uh, spent a season. I'm not even over kidding. At I Glee's. think I think SpongeBob today has better writing than Glee. I think so did too. In five or six. I think they had to do that because the people who are watching Sponge- SpongeBob got older, and they wanted to I'm keep the demographic. Kids. They just made well, that yeah. movie. Of course, that movie didn't look good. Well, but yeah, but Antonio Bizdares will do anything these days. So. That's what happens when actors grow up and they have children. They're they just get, like, I yes. got to make some movies that my kids can watch. Yes. None of this uh, primal instinct or, no, what was it? Original Sin. But it worked out because Nicole Kidman was in Paddington. Yep. And I think she was really great in that. Yep. I and still need to see that, that now. She was like, After your recommendation, I have to go see that movie. I'm not going to see it, Andrew. No, I heard it was really good. Do you I not like Nicole Kidman? I don't like you. I thought you liked Nicole Kidman. <laughs> no. Like, he wanted to play with your toys and you said no. Yeah. You smacked his hand away. Turn the knobs. <laughs> These knobs are important. I'll turn your knobs. Whoa. Anyway, uh, if you want to pick any up uh, any of those up, or go to your local video store. <laughs> I don't know. If none of these look great. Her, her, so. her, 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 no, flawless her. sounds the best. Yeah, it sounds enough. interesting, but <clears throat> it just feels like it's going to be on Netflix in two weeks. So, uh, Or it was three weeks ago, and we just didn't know. Yeah. Wait, are you seriously? No, I mean, just yeah. like, that's the kind of thing like... Yeah, because stuff Netflix. goes up on Netflix just randomly. Yeah. And unless it's a big deal, no one ever talks about it. But all of a sudden, a movie will be there, and you're like, "It's there oh. for like a month." Yeah, yeah, because they're weird licensing deals. I hate that crap. Like, I didn't finish Battlestar Galactica, and I'm always going to beat myself up about it. There's ways to watch it. Look, I don't steal. It's not stealing. It's not stealing if nobody lost anything. Yeah, they didn't know losing anything. Yeah, but now if you want to watch Battlestar Galactica, you'd have to buy it. I think they've made their money. They made enough money. <laughs> That's what people have told me they do with like old video games. They just download the ROM, mm. and then if the company still exists, they'll go buy like a plushie or something <laughs> off of their internet <laughs> store and be like, yeah, I give you some money. That's you funny. wouldn't have gotten money any other way. Yeah. Because anything, old video games now, you buy them and GameStop gets the money or whatever mm. some small mom and pop place has it. So that makes Not sense. GameStop. It's all GameStop. You, pe- I you peel going. off the layers. I stopped going to underneath. GameStop. I stopped going there. Me too. There's no point. Yep. I've got a card with like turn uh trade in credit that I'll probably never use now. I don't remember the last time I went to GameStop. I think I needed like a, a power cord or something. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we will be reviewing Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know what Adam has against you right now. He's so confrontational. Right after I beat Adam up. <laughs> Come over here. Rah! Hello and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I'm resident uh, Spielberg fanatic, Justin Keyson. And today we're going to talk about... Duel. The Sugarland Express. Jaws. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 1941. Raiders of the Lost E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Twilight Zone. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Empire. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The Lost World. Saving Private Minority. The The Term of the Indiana Jones. Steven Spielberg. Ben on Spielberg. New episodes dropping on the 15th of every month at BenviewNetwork.com. 
trapped in this wasteland. I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead. A man reduced to a single instinct. Survive. All right, guys, here we go. We're in the middle of a desert. There's sand and cars everywhere. We're going to review Mad Max Fury Road. Directed uh, by George Miller. Written by George Miller and some other person. Starring George Miller. <laughs> George Miller and his children. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, starring Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, and Nicholas Holt, and uh, among others. And a bunch of other people. Yeah. That I don't know. But those are the famous ones. Uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Yeah, Zoe Kravitz is in it. Uh, Elvis's uh, granddaughter. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. No, like B.B. King's great great grandniece. Yeah. I mean. No, but seriously, yeah. Elvis's Ella granddaughter Fitzgerald's is in this movie. cousin's niece. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Gatsby's uh, third cousin. Yeah, that's how it works. Yep. Uh, this film uh, is is a, a kind of a reboot. Of the Mad Max story, sequel? kind of, but not really. It feels, I mean, no, uh, yeah, of course, it not feels really. like a direct sequel to the other films. Like this is just because a lot of the uh, visions, hallucinations that he's having mm. do line up with past characters. And also, they mentioned films. he also mentions how the world got worse. Like he started out as a cop because in the first one he mm-hmm. started out. Yeah, he was a, a cop in the like first. Like there movie. was still a bit yeah. of the world left, and then things just got worse and worse really uh-huh. fast. Yeah, this feels like a continuation. <clears throat> okay, it's a kind of a, a reboot sequel. Re- reboot. it's not even a reboot. How could it be a reboot? A reboot by very definition means that it starts over at the beginning. And it's, it didn't. Okay, it's a reboot in the sense that Mel Gibson is not Max. 
They've rebooted what? the character. <laughs> what? That's not a reboot. That's not a reboot. That so, just means it's a different casting. Oh, right, fine. No, no, no. There's a, there's a fundamental problem with your phrasing here and your terminology. And you're trying to write it's, it off. It's not a reboot in any way, shape, or form. <clears throat> so... It is just a sequel that came out 20 years later. With a different whatever, actor. With a different actor because Mel Gibson's an asshole. And he's old. He showed and, up at the premiere. Yeah, but he would not have... <laughs> based on the subject matter of these films, <laughs> I don't think he would have been okay with this this interpretation of the role. I don't know. Okay. Why? Because he's kind of a douche. Kind of? <laughs> Even though he made the film What Women Want, he hates women, is what you're saying. But he was a chauvinist prick at the beginning of that movie, so he dug it. Yeah, he was like, yeah, and then he didn't finish the script, and he was like, oh, I gotta... Oh, yeah, man. no. He was filming it, and they got to those scenes, and he went, oh, shit. I have to read the whole script from now on. This is bad. All right. Regardless of what you categorize it as. Uh, no, we categorized it correctly. See, a reboot would have a different <laughs> director, different everything, and it would start over at the beginning. I don't know. I By feel its like very definition, to reboot something is to restart it. Like to uh, restart Robocop? it from the beginning. Robocop. Reboot. Uh, Total Recall. Reboot. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd Even in to, video okay. games, this is true. I'd have to watch all... I've only seen the first Mad Max. Okay, no. All you don't need to see the, the shittiest Mad Max movie. Uh, I, look, I know. The second two... Uh, the, the Yeah, the second and third one are amazing. And this clearly, like... At the end of the third Mad Max, does he, like... He has his car and he drives off in the sunset, That's like in it. every other Mad like Max. Like he always does. But I yeah. feel like... What? <laughs> There's something weird going on here. No, 100%. Like, even in his visions, where oh. he's singing people from the past, yeah. those line up with some of the things that happen in the movies. Like, the kids... Like, he sees more than just his daughter. Yeah. And those other children are in the... Is it Thunderdome where he meets the kids with the airplane? I think so. Yeah, that's in the third movie. What do you mean the kids? What airplane? What are you yeah, well, about? you haven't seen those movies. Yeah, but is I'm spoiling something. You're saying that it's in this movie somehow. How in, is that in, in his this visions? Movie? Oh, okay. He's seeing some of those kids. Oh, okay. Not just well, his daughter. That's all he had to. I didn't realize that. I just oh, thought. dude, yeah. If you I see the first three movies, there's callbacks. If everywhere. they just reference to the fact that he had a daughter, he had a daughter then, yes. Then I'm like, okay. yeah. They're, then they're considering Thunderdome was not existent. Oh no, no 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 yeah this is because there's never there's never a point where he's driving in this movie with Charles Hanner he goes you know I fought in Thunderdome yeah Thunderdome was, <laughs> that was a, crazy that was a lot of fun hey did you see that little midget up there I, don't think, I fought a midget once I, fought, I don't think he what, said enough words to make that sentence yeah happen. <laughs> I don't think he ever spoke a full sentence in this entire movie so um, we'll get to that what <laughs> we'll get to that I mean do we want to talk about the title do we want to talk about the fact is he mad yeah is he mad. Angry or is no, he mad no, no, no. crazy? He's never been mad angry. Maybe in the first film he was mad angry because of what's happened to his family. Yeah. But ever since then, he's always been mad in the traditional crazy use thing. of the word. Crazy. Okay. He's clearly not holding himself together. He even says it. He He's the one who runs from the living and the dead. Sure. And he like twitches a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kind of... Traumatized. He's a just bit. Tom Hardy. That's just how he is. <laughs> well, he's yeah. always got that crazy look on his face too. <laughs> well, Adam, you were doing the Tom Hardy noise. But see, it makes uh, sense uh, after, uh, <laughs> right? Uh, after uh, after uh, Thunderdome, uh, it totally makes sense because he he tries to help those kids, but like it never really. I don't know. Spoilers for old movies, but like he's he he does do good, mm. but as a whole, the whole world is so messed up. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hmm. 
and it's Chinatown. And like, <laughs> he would totally be on his own after that. Like after the failures of the past movies, he would just be surviving. He would he would have stopped trying to help people at this point because even he he's reluctant to help them in the beginning. Like he's just trying to get away. He only cares about himself. And water. You have to imagine like. He's all grizzled looking. He's got a big beard. Like, he's eating two headed lizards. Like, dude's biting by himself for a while. And when someone's alone for that long, their ability to communicate gets a little messed up. So sure. it makes sense why he is the way he is in this film. Mm-hmm. I just think, though, you cast somebody like Tom Hardy, who's a big star right now, mm-hmm. and you give him almost no lines. But see, I think because he's a big star and because we know he can act, like, he, he was in a film by himself where he spoke to no one in a car the entire film. Like, he can he can do more with just words. Like, like you said, the look on his face, how he reacted to stuff. There's a lot of acting going on there that he doesn't need to speak. Like, this film, there's a lot of showing without telling. And I love that. Like, this film isn't telling you stuff, but it's showing you so much mm-hmm. about this world. I think one of my favorite shots is uh, when Nicholas Holt's character... <laughs> He's on the back, and then Max goes back to fix it. And they zoom out, and they show the whole truck, but they don't right away zoom in on him right under the car. Like, right. you might miss it, mm-hmm. but they they let the audience try and figure it out for themselves. Like, oh, like you might spot it, you might not, because mm-hmm. it was very quick when they showed him. And I like how they didn't spoon-feed you. Yeah, right. they ended up zooming in on him on the next one, mm-hmm. but that's because he was getting close to the cabin. But on that first shot, you see Max climbing across obviously but then at the very bottom Mm. you just see him underneath and i thought that was really great yeah i think what fascinated me most about uh this film was the the society that was going on the The valhalla the civilization that kind of brought like came up in this area yeah under a morton joe that the this that he ruled over the uh the whole idea of of when you die you will you will get a nice chrome car or it, you'll be chrome plated or something. It brings me back to uh like Book of Eli, where and that movie is all about spoilers for Book of Eli. It's about the Bible. someone using like religion as a way to control people. Like it's about like the proliferation of religion and freedom and like intellectualism and sharing that freely with everyone mm. or using it yourself to control people. Because and- those words could be used. And that's what the bad guy did in this movie. He took an old old religion, Norse mythology, and made himself the god of it, and make it, made himself yeah. the access point for heaven or Valhalla. You have to get his approval. Yep. Well, and it's mostly he he mostly controlled the people through water. Right. He had uh, some kind of a deep well set up where he would give water to he them. Was pumping sometimes. water out. Well, of the and earth. they believed he was a god because he was the one giving them life. Yeah. Which is water. You need water. <clears throat> yep. There's a, a lot, lot of, of sim- there's a lot of symbolism in this movie, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was that was really interesting. But the one I I feel like we need to have a, a real discussion about this, uh, and this is just right up top. Uh, uh, we we see that Charlize Theron's character, uh, Imperator Furiosa, uh, is is Imperator is a title. She yep. is a kind of a leader in this group. She serves under uh, Immortan Joe. Uh, but she has her own men. But man. she's a woman. Like that's this is a society of men mm-hmm. where the women are are breeders or or milk Cert- creators. Certain ones are like you can tell like different women are assigned different tasks based on their qualities. But she was the only woman that I saw who was neither a breeder but, nor. But a, I also a think it's a society that um, respects strength, and she has it. Do you think that's 
how she got that position because I'm very intrigued on she, how she I got think that she position. she earned it. Because they reveal later that she is not from that society. I don't want to say right. where she's from or what that's yeah. all about. But yeah. she she's she she was put into this society. Do do you think they sought her out? Do you think I think they realized how strong she was because she also and this is not a spoiler again. She has only one arm. She right. has a mechanical. So arm. the way I feel about it is, would you rather get smacked with a regular arm or a mechanical arm? Because I would rather get. But smacked. then her mechanical arm is pretty easily removed, and then you're fighting a one-armed person. So this this is how I feel about it. In this society, he probably sent out parties far and wide to look for breeding partners. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. because his goal was to make not mutated children. Like, it, it makes it very clear that this is the aftermath of a of a nuclear wasteland. Yes. So there's a lot of mutation. There's a lot of just messed up people living in this really messed up environment. So all of all of the breeders are all these really beautiful, perfect women who aren't messed up in one way or another. Mm. And I think her mother was someone who fit that category, mm. but a little bit of spoilers, it was a different type of society where the women weren't subjugated. Mm. They they were closer to Norse mythology in that the women were warriors. Mm. Like in, in, in the TV show Vikings, like the women hold just as much power as the men. In fact they can they can command armies. They're called shield maidens. You know what I mean? Like they are truer to the Norse lifestyle. Mm. And when she came there and her mother died, she kind of took that mantle and kept fighting. Mm. And because this society that she was pulled into respected strength, they saw that in her. And she, like, it feels like, because everyone on the ground who was begging for water looked weak or old. Anyone with strength was either a war boy or part of the war parties Mm. or a breeder or a milker or whatever you want to call it. And she had strength. And she had strength. She She could contribute. I I bet she lost her arm fairly early on. Well I think I think she was born without it. I I think that's the look that it that it gave to me. Uh, Well no that's possible. It looked a little clean. But see that that lens but it might have happened when she was a kid when they took her from the other thing. Because like Either way, though, she had she didn't have the arm for so early on that even when she was one arm, she was strong. Yeah, and that she couldn't be a breeder because she wasn't perfect like mm-hmm. the other women. She wasn't frail. She and she couldn't be a milker because she wasn't huge and you know whatever whatever qualities they were was, looking for. Yeah, whatever was going on there. Right. So I think she just fit this role and she used her strength and her her need for revenge and all this stuff to excel in this society. And and what another thing um I mean just just uh she has a shaved head. Like yeah. she she conforms to like this male image. More towards the war boys. Like the war yeah. the war, war boys, boys are shaved head. They've shaved head but they've got like dark eye makeup on and they're all white yeah. whereas she looks normal and then when it comes time to fight she takes oil and, and puts it on her head. Puts yeah. it on her head. Mm. Like That's pretty I, badass. I think I think this is she kind of adopted the society, but also followed the teachings of her own that she was taken from, and that made her a valuable asset. Yeah, it's really crazy. Like we were mentioning before, the the whole idea of this being called a Mad Max movie is is in a sense disingenuous, but in a way, it allows us to have a vehicle, uh, no pun intended, for a, a better film about this Furiosa character. Yeah, because it's it's a world. See, the great thing about Mad Max is it's always been about 
the overall ramifications about one man in this huge world that's so messed up. Yeah, he just kind of stumbles into a situation, and that's the way it is. Forced into it, that's the way it is in every movie. It doesn't necessarily carry them to victory. Like he's just part of a big team. Yep, and he's always he's always in like he's never the proponent of anything. He's someone going through a situation realizing that if he doesn't do something, it's going to be worse off. Yeah, so, it's whatever allows him to live. Right. He sides with that side. Yeah. Yeah. And and in this movie, it's more, he realizes, like, no, these people have hope, something that he lost a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he meets people like that in every movie. In every movie, he's met people who have hope, mm-hmm. and that reminds him of his past, of before the devastation of the whole world. And that's what he clings to, but it's still about his own preservation. Mm-hmm. And that's that's his role in this movie. He's someone who was captured at the beginning of the movie, who's used, and then when he's freed, just tries to survive. He doesn't care about anyone else. And then he realizes, well, wait, no, this is, this is important. And also I should... Because, yes, he has, you know... A moral obligation, you could say, to help these people, but it's still about his own survival. Like he just realizes, no, this is a badass. Oh, I can't start this. Truck. I can't start this truck, <laughs> and then you know what I mean. Like, even when he helps her in the canyon, it's still no. Yeah, if we, if I don't do this, we're not going to make it through mm-hmm. until the very end, until the salt plains. Like he makes no choice that's not about survival. Yeah. So okay. it's true to his character. No, it's good. Yeah, it's he, good. I don't want to necessarily say he's an anti-hero, but he's not. He's neutral. Like if you were to align him with like a D D and D, because chaotic neutral. He's chaotic neutral. Yeah. He's just he's he he's so messed up from everything that he's been through that he doesn't care about right or wrong anymore. It's just about survival. So it's perfect. This situation without Mad Max, this movie wouldn't like. It's still a Mad Max movie because without his role, it wouldn't have worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that happened in this movie wouldn't have happened without him yeah. because he is the wild card. He's the person who's put into the situation that makes the difference that one way sense. or another. That makes sense. So I still believe it's good that it's called Mad Max, but in the end, he's not the main character, mm-hmm. which I'm f- cool with. Like His role in this movie is vital and important and interesting, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be about him, which I really like. It was it's just, a good turn. But it was just hard to connect to his character because he was just saying so little it's just hard i loved it it was hard for me to uh get behind him Mm. i think i think if you watch if you were to go back and watch the first three movies and then watch this again i think it would make total sense because anyone who went through what he went through in those three movies and then continued to live in a world where it just got worse and worse and worse homeboy's traumatized like I'm sorry, he's got heavy PTSD. Like because he's chaotic neutral, like he doesn't have the ability to rationalize what he's been through. Like truly messed up people. Like all the war boys have their religion. Like everything they do, whether it's good or bad, is going to get them into heaven. So that's that's their validation. That's how they deal with the fact that they're if they murdering do other what people. And Morton Joe says, then they'll be fine. Yep. It doesn't matter what they do because it's all a part of their religion. They're going to be okay. They're going to go to a good place, the world after this one. Whereas he, he doesn't have that. He's got no way to rationalize what he's been through, no way to validate it, no way to deal with it. He's just haunted. And that would seriously mess up a person. Spooky. 
So it makes total sense. I lo- I love what they like. It told. Like, this is George Miller. This is his character. He created it, and he's the one who's carried it through every single movie. And each movie is a is a reaction to the times. Like even Thunderdome was an eighties ass eighties movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas this is no thirty years later. Like this is this is how he would be. And it's it's beautiful. Well, I don't think it chronologically. Well, I know, I know it's not thirty years, but I'm just saying this movie is a reflection of now. Yeah. In our society, which is which is great, and makes total sense because we are dealing with a lot of PTSD stuff right now in our society, and veterans and stuff like that, and it's taking that into account. Unlike American Sniper. Yep. Snipper. <laughs> Snipper. Uh, so, let's talk about the fact that this film is one long chase scene. Oh yeah. There, there's probably ten or fifteen minutes of this film that isn't uh, isn't about cars driving. Yep. Uh, racing against it's a Mad Max time movie and fighting each other. Well, we knew that going in. I know, but it's kind of it's, it's what, lovely. What's crazy to me is that they pull it off. Yeah, because in any other movie, you would feel tired. You would feel so tired. They do have breaks, God. like the, when the cars get stuck and stuff. But they're so break. short. Yeah. But but there's they're always a sense of urgency even in those scenes mm-hmm. and then even when nothing's happening and they're still driving it's still movement there's still you always know in the back of your mind it, it almost makes me feel like it follows like in it follows even in calm scenes you knew that thing was out there mm-hmm. you knew it was coming and that's also present in this movie yeah and uh you knew I, it was following i i think that i really like respect that i really that they're able to pull off uh, because because part of it is that in these rigs on these cars, it's like there's a chase scene going on, and then they have to jump outside of the car, jump outside of the They're truck, do repairs climb while on moving. the truck, fight a guy off the truck. Like it's not just like two guys in a car driving around. It's I mean, I I like thing. like that thing probably took a lot more punishment than it should have, but I do like how they address the fact that oh, it's breaking down. We need to and and it, but it's also designed for this purpose. It yeah. is designed to be attacked. And repaired and fixed on the go. Like this is a society. If that you understands, stop, you move, you die. Yeah, but it understands that. Like, no, it's got its own fuel thing tra- trailing off the back. It's got its own water. It's got its own food and nourishment. Like this thing is designed for long treks in unforgiving territory, under constant attack. Mm-hmm. And th- this that tells us more about this world than anything else. Like all the different war groups we saw from Bullet Town, from Gas Town. Like each of them have different things that they bring to the world and their crews. Oh, yeah, the, the BMX guys, right. the stunt the B- guys. B- BMX guys, and then there's, like, the, the dust people or whatever that had spikes all over their cars. Like and they spoke a weird language. Each that society, right, each society has dealt with this world in their own way and devised ways to survive. And you can see that just in their vehicles. Mm. It's incredible. Well, and even the, the people, the polecats, as they called them, the Lovely. people in the giant poles. That's amazing. And yeah. knowing that that's all... Legit, yeah. Like they all really did that. Incredible. My favorite was the guitar guy. He was playing for hours, man. He was dedicated. Because I like how they have you know the war drums, like oh we're going to war. But then in the front they just have some dude ripping it on the guitar. And that's true to life. (laughs) Like in Norse mythology and in wars, any war for like the past five hundred years, they all had some sort of music to kind of get their people revved up and ready to fight and it's just and awesome. now you would have some guy ripping it on a guitar shooting out <laughs> flames yep fire which it legit did too yeah but uh, but is that like weird that they they so cared about like they need more gas or they the gas is like a, a commodity see, and they're just like shooting flames out of their cars constantly but in gas town they that's where they 
refine it. Like each oh, of okay. each of the different cities uh-huh. made like they made offensive weaponry in Bullet Town. Mm. In gas, they were refining oil. Mm. You know, where they are at, it's all about water and nourishment and stuff like that. Like, there were these three communities that sustained each other. Mm. But, I mean, it comes up a lot of times in, in the thing. They're doing the math. Looking at how many bullets they lost, oh, how yeah. many cars they lost, how many people died, and being like, "Hey, dude, is this worth it?" I want to talk about that scene. Uh, there's a scene where where they they do the math, they figure out how many bullets left, and it's like a, a, a sad amount. Uh-huh. And then Max goes, "I'll be right back," and he like goes, I he walks, that. he walks, he walks. I out. really want to see what happened, but I'm also so happy with. Well, the why do you think out. they didn't show what happened? Because we don't need. Because there's been three movies before this where Max has done really cool shit. And you think this time they just wanted to focus on cars or whatever? Well, no, it's it's it gets back to the point that Furious is the main character. Okay, because yeah, because Max goes off, and we, if we followed him, it would just be him yep. beating up whoever, and then he comes back with a oh, bag laying, of guns and bullets. But it shows him like he's well versed in this society in this world. Mm. Like it, they lay traps earlier when they get stuck in the quicksand. Well, yeah, like homeboy knows what he's doing, mm. so we don't need to go see him kill everybody in that car and take all their stuff. Okay, we don't. I would have liked it a little. I know. I would have <laughs> Dude, imagine if that was like the after credit scene. Well, no, it just like it felt like something where it's like, oh, we don't have time to film this. Oh, we don't need it. And I don't, then they just kept moving. I on. hope it's in some extended director's cut yeah. where it's like it's not even they don't put it back into the movie, but it's a little side like, oh, here's a 30 minute thing about what Max did when they were fixing <laughs> the car. Not 30 minutes. It'd be like oh, five maybe. Minutes. I don't know. Uh, in the Crowland. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what else to talk about with this movie. It's like, I really, I really enjoyed Charlie Stang's character Furiosa. Yep. Uh, I feel like there's a lot there that we didn't even get to in the film. Like that, if she showed up in a sequel, I'd be happy. Uh, I don't know if that's possible at this point. Uh, as far as I know, the the name of the sequel, the subtitle is going to be The Wasteland. Nice. Which you know, that's which a place is, close to my heart. It's also the whole world. <laughs> at this point yeah it's just that uh, and fury road it, there's not like a f- road named fury in this in this movie mm-hmm. it's just but like they are down a road there's a road that furiosa yep. takes them i don't know yep yeah, don't why don't you I just don't, roll don't with it we're getting to a silly point in movie titles is what i'm saying i love it <sighs> i love that she's the one who brings them down that road and her name's furiosa and it's called fury road because she's the one who takes him down. It like I have no problem with that. Okay. Yeah, she's like, here I go again on my own, going down the only road I've ever known. Yeah, because that's where she like was taken drifter. when she was killed. Okay. Or when like her mother drifter. was killed. She was born to walk alone. Well, no, that's my max. And she's made up her mind. Can I name off some of the names? Oh yes, please read some. These are uh, <laughs> names character. of different characters in the film. Yeah. That, some of these you never even hear. No. But they just gave them names. Uh, we have. Obviously, we have Max Rokitansky, <laughs> uh, Imperator Furiosa, uh, Nicholas Holt was Nux, we have Immortan Joe, Slit. Hold on, hold on. You forgot about his, his mates, Larry and Barry. Larry and Barry, his little growths I'm, I on feel his like shoulder. I should have mentioned them more. I didn't think but they needed that, I, I really enjoyed the boot gag. That kept going. When it happened twice, I went, I've got his boot. Going. This better keep yeah. going. And it did. Yep. Uh, we have the big guy who is a Morton Joe's son, Rictus Erectus. Zoe Kravitz's character was Toast the Knowing. We have the splendid An- Ang Herod. We have Capable. The Dag. 
Cheeto the Fragile, the People Eater, the Bullet Farmer. Oh, Cheeto the Fragile was was the redhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, Cheeto. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, uh, glad you get The Doof Warrior. Uh, my personal favorite, the Organic Mechanic. Uh, Miss Giddy, the Valkyrie, Keeper of the Seeds, the Vulvalani. Uh, Corpus Colossus, the Ace, Glory the Child, uh, the Rock Rider Chief, the Prime Imperator, um, and then all the little kids are called uh, War Pups, which I thought was adorable. Yep. Good. This is some good names. I was reading the names at the end when the end credits came. I was like, oh, oh, those are awesome. These are all good names. <laughs> it makes me look forward to the Mad Max game that's coming out. Oh, there's a game? Yeah. What's it, is it going to be Sandbox? Mm-hmm. Okay. Completely open world. That sounds way better. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, you work with a community, I guess, where you're like, you have a partner who's on the back of your, your car. You have a lancer. So, yeah. So he will throw those rocket lances at people yeah. while you're driving, and and like you can get. Uh, do you play as Max, or do you yeah. play as just random? You, you play as Max, huh. and you're you're bringing back like salvage and pulling it. The nice. guy will hook it onto your car and you'll pull it back to your compound. It actually sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds really Is it going to feel like Fallout, though, but with cars? Uh, no, because it's, it's very much a vehicle thing. What's the engine? Oh, it's their own. Their own? They've been, they've been working on it for oh, a while. Okay. Is it going to be like similar to... What the hell was that one called? Um, I think you're thinking about... Where there's a planet and yes. like a hidden treasure. I'm trying to remember. Wait, b- Borderlands? Wait, Borderlands. Uh, no. That's what I'm thinking. Is of. it first person? Because no. Borderlands third is third person. I, th- I think third person would work better it's for It's completely that. third person. Because hmm. you got a bunch of cars around you. It's yep. going to be tough in first person. Yep. So. That's cool. It's going to be its own thing. And they, right. they're making it sound really interesting because it's about survival and everything. What's it called? Just Mad Max? Mad okay. Max. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at it. When's but it yeah, supposed to drop? Uh, either next year or the year after. Ugh. Like they... The the movie they started working on it and the company went hey we'd love to make a game for that but not directly tied in the movie and they went go for it yeah. they just gave them the rights they didn't even have to pay for it or anything yeah because no one's made a Mad Max game in forever sure so that sounds I'll have to keep an eye out for that yep. I like that it's not a movie tie-in because whenever they do that you have a very small amount of time it's, and yeah, it's troubling it's usually very crappy yeah. but uh, usually almost always <laughs> I I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, Unfortunately, I couldn't see it at any other time, so I had to watch. Uh, AMC did a really crappy thing where yes. Friday and Saturday they had more 2D showings. Oh. And on Sunday they had more 3D showings to try and get the most amount of money out of you. That's weird. So we went Sunday. Yeah, we went Sunday at an AMC and it had uh, convenient 3D showing or 2D showings. At uh, what time? 10 we, went, we went at 10.15. <laughs> Well, yeah, I would have rather done that. Yeah. Oh, there was a 9.30 a.m. showing at the block Oh. that was supposed to be 2D, and everyone who showed up and asked about it was like, it said 2D on the website. Oh, that's And sucks. you show up, and it's now 3D. And it was in one of their smaller theaters. So I will you, never pay stay? for would a 3D stay? movie uh, again. Several people. Okay. And then I went ahead and bought an 11 a.m. 3D showing because it was in their huge theater, mm. their 500-seat theater. We need to go see one at, uh, what's that place again? The, the Dome? The Dome, yeah. Mm-hmm. That place rocks. Uh, AMC in Fullerton's looking really nice. The 20? Because it's all reserved seating. Oh. Did I tell you over at the, the Pike, the Cinemark at the Pike, they, they've shut down half of it and they're remodeling it to have the really nice recliner Ooh. seats and all that stuff. Good. So. 
I'm like, I'm mad do, because it's it's, it's it's only half the theater it's it is the way right of now. The future. So I've only got like. I want to go to one choices. of the ones with the with the beds, Andrew. Let's go to one of those with the, the pillows. Yeah, they have those now. And the wine. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get freaky. All I right. just loved. I love the color in this movie too. Mm. Like in, in a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff, including Fallout, which we were talking about including before the podcast. Man of Steel. There's no including color. Man of Steel. Uh, it's gray. Everything is desaturated. Everything is almost in grayscale. Like. Mm. The world, like this, is obviously a dirty, destroyed world, but it's not. It's so bright. It's bright. Vivid. And I just love colorful. Everything in this movie is just big. The cars are big. Everyone's insane. Mm-hmm. Everyone's jumping around. Everything they use is crazy. Yep. Like between like their crazy cars with the wheels and they're stacked on. I top love their of each rocket other. spears. The rocket spears, and uh, everything's just big. It's crazy, insane, and fast, and I. That's what I love about it. Well, it looks good. Like like we yep. were saying, it's practical. It's not CGI. Yeah, there, yeah. There, so. there, there's... I mean, unfortunately, there... Fortunately, unfortunately, the problem with seeing it in 3D is all of the CG looks extra CG mm-hmm. because they add the layers to it to make it 3D. So anything that was fake looked even more fake in 3D. Yeah. And... Uh, but it's it's done smartly. Like it's the Citadel scene because of just its majesty and the water that comes out and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the tornado scene mm-hmm. is obviously the tornado CG, scene looked amazing. But it looks amazing anyway. Yeah. Like it's not in a, in a lot of modern cinema, and I feel like Transformers is kind of responsible for this. CG is used to complicate things yeah. and to make things chaotic. But all of the chaotic scenes in this were practical effects. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't CGing cars being destroyed. Shit really got destroyed, yeah. and it looks yeah, I, amazing. I think I really enjoyed that as part of the chase scenes. Was it wasn't like it was just two cars going after each other the whole time. It was like a fleet of cars, and half of them were destroyed every time that they met up again. And they were really destroyed. And and it wasn't like you had to shoot it in the gas tank and then it blew up. It was like yeah, it got hit with something and it flipped over. Yep. Or or, <laughs> or they it got just or, crushed. Or they tore it apart. Yeah. yeah. With, with a crane spear arm after spear, or, or they ripped it in half. With or, a crane arm on one of the cars. Or yeah. they killed the driver and it went underneath a semi. I love the thing squished. when they they shot the back of the truck and they put down the plows and they're pulling it. Oh, that was so cool. It's all incredible. Like the things in this are not only just like smart design to make interesting set pieces it looks great it looks great but it also makes sense to the world Mm -hmm. if you're trying to stop another vehicle you would develop something like that it makes total sense i like the a lot of use of bolt cutters in this movie yep (laughs) and and also with that scene like it was interesting that they were shooting the tanker and instead of water coming out it was milk yeah yeah a lot of milk (laughs) a lot of milk uh, no, it's just everything's so big in that movie, and it all looks so good. And just, uh, I don't know the word, like the aesthetic of everything. Like mm-hmm. they have the crazy war boys jumping around. They're all spraying chrome in their mouth, mm-hmm. and they're all like to ex- mimic him, by the way, yeah, because he's got that mouthpiece. Well, and because they just they worship chrome, they believe in the afterlife. Well, yeah, they will but, become. Chrome. But that's why he's got the mouthpiece. Yeah, and they're just crazy, and they're you're getting chased by a bunch of freaking madmen. Yep, it's great. That's a good TV show, by the way. <laughs> it's over bye done <laughs> thanks uh, but yeah see this movie definitely yeah I can recommend it uh, I, I'm i just I don't know I'm worried about the 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 fact that it's the way that you're talking about it Jordan is like oh yeah if you you have to see the other three or like if you, you see the other three but see, but it you really don't. helps you liked it and you haven't seen the other one. That's what I'm saying. Like I feel like coming from the place where I'm coming from, I I want this film to stand on its own. 
It does. I don't want people to talk about this film in the sense like, oh yeah, uh, the other three really lead into this. It's like it, it, it's not it that helps. much. It but feels this this one. I I think it stands on its own well enough. It does one hundred percent. And in it, Christine has never seen any other Mad Max movies yeah. and loved this movie. Hmm. Like it does stand on its own. But I feel like if you do watch the movies, you already have a feel of the world they're in. You you understand yeah. the characters and why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. So it, it doesn't have. I like don't feel I, like it has a high cost of entry. As much as I, it, as I was saying earlier, I'd love Furiosa to show up in the next Mad Max. Like if mm-hmm. if that's the style of these films where he shows up, something happens, and he leaves. Exactly. That be that also be fine in the if they ever make a sequel to this where you don't need to see this film. Book books like uh like Jack Reacher right that that series of books yeah uh is is true to or the movie's true to the books because in in the Jack Reacher books he's just a dude who shows up in a scene. Does or in an area does what he does and then leaves. Like mm-hmm. each book is like a short story about what he does in each place and then he moves on. Mad Max fix, fits that perfectly. Hmm. Aside from the first one, which is his origin story, yeah. every movie since then has been him moving through an area and the story of it and what he changed and what he did, and then he moves on. Hmm. And this is just another story in that way. All right then. So he's that's... the he's the only thing that carries on through each movie. Our review. Yep. Go see, Go it. see it. Go see it. Go see it. Uh, all say right. It, so Andrew. now, say it. Do I'm gonna it. say it. I already said it. Say it. Say it. Say it. It. Say it. So, let's talk about what's coming out new in theaters this weekend. We've got Tomorrowland. Tell us more. We've got uh, Poultry Geist, and we've got when that Marnie delicious. was there in limited release. Marnie, when Marnie was there. Before we play Guess the Ending, let's give some thanks, first of all, to Silent Partner. Uh, they did our theme song, Software Makeout, which you can find on the YouTube audio library, along with other songs that are free to use for your uh, works of art. Uh, that's what this is, right? It's a work of art. Yep. Every episode. We are art. Logo, art, our art for our logo was done by Justin Kizon. You can find him on Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. That's a website where, uh, you know nerds write about things they love which happen to be comics movies tv shows uh all kinds of stuff so go and check that out i do a porn article you should i'll do it (laughs) please just review porn (laughs) and i'll write down uh the time where i came whoa so see if you can beat my time or you know (laughs) <laughs> You've totally tickled we've, Andrew here. Well, also because we've just we've super earned our explicit tag today. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, if and if you like Justin Kizan, who did our art, our logo art, you should go listen to him on a podcast he does with Matt Benson called Benview on Spielberg. Uh, that's part of the Benview Network, along with another podcast that I do with Matt Benson called Shut Up Leonard. Oh my goodness! And Shut Up Leonard is all about the TV show community. Which has transcended television. It is now available on Yahoo Screen. And the uh, world kept spinning. And uh, you can find that at shutupleonard.com or benvnetwork.com slash shutupleonard. Or on Twitter at shutuplenpod. Uh, I also have a new podcast with the aforementioned Matt Benson and award-winning Midnight Marinara creator David King. Really? It's called Pick Your Path. It's a choose-your-own-adventure podcast. Uh, which, in order to listen to it properly, you need to have a, a player that plays enhanced podcasts, uh, which I believe the last time that I did this plug, uh, Jordan, you said that Downcast works. 100%. Unfortunately, Downcast is not available on Android. 
Oh. It's every iOS app that plays podcasts will you will do an enhanced podcast. 100%. Android is the one that's having trouble. That sucks. Uh, but if you download, there's a special player called the VLC player. Oh, yeah, VLC is good. And it will play an enhanced podcast for you. Nice. Uh, so pick your path. That's benvenetwork.com slash PYP. Choose your own adventure podcast. Uh, read about more on I I always website. hated Choose Your Own Adventures as a kid because I was so curious. That I would go and look at every outcome. I had to look, and I would just get so frustrated because it takes so long, I'd just give up. I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> well, this is not for you then. <laughs> Uh, if Tom Nobody here, else watch it either. No, I'm joking. Go watch it. Andrew. It's, a Andrew's, it's uh, not a video. Uh, uh, listen. Go listen to it because Andrew's a beautiful young man. And uh, yeah, don't listen to me. Well, thanks. Tom was here to tell you about OptiGrab.org, ReadWave.com, and his short stories on Amazon Smashwords, but he's not, so he won't. Where is Tom? Jordan? Are we mi- is he missing? No, he's fine. Okay. He was here, what, two weeks ago? Are we sure? Yeah. yeah okay. I'm at TrueValk on Twitter. Uh, I'm gonna start streaming more my streaming channel is twitch.tv backslash spear poet mm. but i'm probably gonna make a new one and just make everything true valk you're going you're going with true valk yeah okay. i'm just gonna solidify all my branding under one name i need to do that i was really enjoying some water right there yeah <laughs> i could tell uh but that's that's basically it um i might fill in for someone over at game assault weekly because they can't do it but I'd probably just stream uh, New Vegas to follow along in that little Mad Max theme. Uh, Good. So, and I just started. I started yeah. the stream l- last weekend mm. at the beginning of the game, right nice. near that main. So everyone first had to watch you make your character. No, no, no. I did it right after that. So okay. you make your dude, and then you wake up. I think I played some New Vegas. Yeah. So yeah. you wake up in, in like a little hospital thing. So I like walked out of the door from that first area. And that's where I started. And then I killed everyone. Yes, Adam, do wh- that. are you on the internet? Me? I'm chaotic. What's dude. your Instagram? Uh, <laughs> at up and Adam with two M's. There you go. That's all I got. That's all he's got. Until we get you a podcast. Oh yeah, we're a stream. We got a nice podcast that'll fit you. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like buying shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try this one on? Try this one on. I'll uh, be back, people. Don't worry. <laughs> I know you all miss me when I'm not on Nerd's Eye View. Uh, so you can check out all these podcasts at benvnetwork.com. Uh, that's the podcast network that has all these podcasts. <laughs> uh, on Twitter, at benvnetwork. Uh, my personal Twitter, at podcasterandrew. Uh, the website for this, nevpodcast.com. Uh, you can email us, nevpodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter, at nevpodcast. Uh, you know, let us let us know what you think of our reviews. You know, do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, do you do you like the movies we're watching? Do you do you, have do you like you want us to watch? the sound of my voice? Do you want me to talk you do to you sleep want more at night or less, Adam? Because uh, for a low low fee, I will send you a videotape of me talking you to sleep. Yeah, if you donate on Patreon, uh, you'll get that uh, audio file of Adam uh, s- telling you good night. Yeah, uh, you know, Rockabye Baby, <laughs> have a good night. I whatever you want. I mean, you could put in requests. I'll say whatever you want me to say. All right. Uh, all right, so that brings us to guess the ending. You'll never guess how it ends. This is the game where we guess the endings. Oh, no, I, fe- the I got it. Did we, did we get it? <laughs> is everyone getting this? Yeah, I got it. Who is first? I'm first. I'm first. What do you got? Give me a minute. What are you okay. holding? I'm I'm doing stuff. All right, we got 
<clears throat> Tomorrowland, directed by Brad Bird. Brad Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird? Larry Bird. Uh, starring George Clooney, Britt Robertson, Hugh Laurie, Raffi Cassidy. That's a pretty great name, actually. Um, don't you K me. Okay. Okay. Bound by a shared destiny, a teen bursting with scientific curiosity and a former boy genius inventor embark on a mission to unearth the secrets of a place somewhere in time and space that exists in their collective memory. You guys ready for this? Do it. All right. So young uh, Britt Robinson, uh, she uh, meets up with Mr. George Clooney and they go on a, you know, just a just a magical adventure. And uh, so they're they're running around, you know, fighting villains, beating up bad guys, you know, inventing, you know, using gadgets, blah 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 blah, all that jazz, you know. You get, all right. I'm gonna skip straight to the end. Please do, because <laughs> it's you, called guess the ending. Yeah. So I'm gonna skip straight to the end. The entire time, they were on a malfunctioning Star Tours, and it was all just a just one big ride on Star Tours that fucked up. <laughs> That's all it is. They're actually at Disneyland. They're in Tomorrowland. But they've been there for so long, they've forgotten. Yeah, they've forgotten. I like the bois. <laughs> that was the big... Like the little... The, the girl in the movie, she, when she originally went there, they, she was an infant. Yeah. And then she's just, you know, a teenager. All right. So I'm going to guess the ending for Poltergeist. <laughs> uh, let me know if I was correct, because I'm pretty sure I got that right. Uh, which this isn't a reboot. This is just a sequel, right? That's how this works. What is it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, directed by Gil Keenan. Oh, I remember how I know this guy. He directed uh, Monster House, oh, which God. was the focus of an episode of Shut Up Leonard uh, a while back. Uh, this film, Poltergeist, stars Sam Rockwell, Rosemary DeWitt, Kennedy Clements, and Saxon Charbonneau. I believe that's a character from Mad Max, right? Saxon. Sounds like it. A family whose suburban home is haunted by evil forces must come together to rescue their youngest daughter after the apparitions take her captive. All right, so, you know, the movie happens the way that it happens. Uh, But here's the twist. Halfway through the movie, uh, instead of... So they don't get the daughter out successfully, but the camera, like, in in a crazy swooping shot, it goes through the portal... And it comes out the other side, and you see the daughters hanging out with all these ghosts, and they're just like cool people. And so the second half of the film is like showing that, like, you know, ghosts are people too. Mm-hmm. Like they're like they're mad because yeah, they they died unjustly, and these houses were these homes were built over their graves, but also like they're just doing their day to day stuff. And this girl is like just hanging out with them. She's not really a captive; she's just kind of like stuck there. Like she doesn't know how to get home, and none of these ghosts are really interested in helping her because. Screw you! You built your home on top of our gravesite. Yeah, of course. So they're just this girl is just trying to make her way, and it actually ends. They don't get her out. She grows up in this ghost land, and like Ooh. she, the the sequel then is is called Anti Poltergeist, uh-huh. where it's she lives in a house, and the ghosts are like, "We got a human!" Ah! So like they're like they're freaking out because a human's living in their house. So she's the one who haunts the dead. Yeah, the living and the dead. Because then she pops into her, yep, into the TV, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Mommy, they're here." Yep. And also, I'm 20 now. Like, yep. what the hell? Yeah. So, that's Poltergeist. Thanks. Bye. Whoop. So it's my turn now. <laughs> Turned off my Skype. Is that what the noise Skype makes? <laughs> yeah. When Marnie was there, uh, limited. What release. happened? 
directed by Hiromasa Yona Yone Bayashi. This is a Miyazaki film. Well, not me. It's a Studio Ghibli. Uh, Okay. Kobayashi. Starring a bunch of people. Uh, A young girl is sent to the country for health reasons, because that makes sense, uh, where she meets an unlikely friend. That happens. Don't you always go to the country when you get a little cough? Yeah, when I broke... a little tickle in your throat, you go out to the country? I broke my neck, and they just said, go to the country. No, they just said, like... That's where they put them down. They wrapped you up, and then they put you in a box and shipped you. They're 100%. I broke my neck, and they said, just go to the country. (laughs) You'll be fine. There'll be no problem. Please continue. I'm sorry. (laughs) Where she meets an unlikely friend in the form of Marnie, a young girl with flowing blonde hair. As the friendship unravels which is a really weird way to say that, it is possible that Marnie has closer ties with the protagonist than we might expect. Uh, so this movie's, you know, cutesy, whatever, you know, beautiful imagery and everything. But it, eventually it becomes clear that the movie's about schizophrenia and uh, Marnie is just another aspect of her personality. And it's how she, at a very young age, realizes that her imaginary friend is imaginary only in that other people can't see her, but it's... For her, it's another entity that she actually interacts with and how she comes to terms with that so early on that it doesn't affect her later in life. Like People who are schizophrenic have a hard time dealing with everything because mm-hmm. just their view of the world is so disrupted. Mm-hmm. But for her, she kind of harnesses it in the same way that in A, in a Beautiful Mind, uh, Russell Crowe kind of deals with his other people that aren't there and learns to deal with it and make it a part of his life. And it never goes away. Like, even if he is aware that they're not there, they're still there um, for him. Uh, for her, it's the same. But she kind of kind of harnesses that and makes it, makes it something that's okay, like a resource for her to use instead of something that is disruptive and destructive for her life. So it kind of is an uplifting message about dealing with uh, schizophrenia and, wow. and how to overcome it even though that's not true to life at all good good stuff yep all right, so boy. if any of those endings are correct email us nvpodcast at gmail.com and now we can end the guessing what and end the show yay no no because they need to stop listening and go watch Mad Max yes or if they haven't already I mean again right is that what you'd say I'm gonna see it again probably even though I'm broke but that's why I'm getting you're getting that movie thing. pass. Yeah. <laughs> we can say it. Yeah. It's not a secret. You can't watch it again, though, because you've already seen it with movie pass. Yeah. But, I mean, I I was considering... I don't care if I say this on the podcast. I was considering going to see Avengers again and Ooh. buying a ticket for Paul Blart because I'm never going to see Paul Blart and yeah. then just going into Avengers. Wow. Let's do it. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. Like, in my late 20s, I would movie hop all day. Well, but it wasn't I even movie hopping. I would just I know, get the Paul Blart ticket and go right to You would pay for a movie. I would understand. I, but what if it goes opposite ways? You can't no, at the, at the Pike, they only have one side open right now. Oh, okay. But yeah. if, even if I didn't see it at the Pike, I'd just, whatever. Yeah. Like, the only place that doesn't work out is the Marina Pacifica over here on PCH. Yeah. Because they actually have it split in half. And sometimes at Krikorian and Buena Park. Uh, have you been to that one in a while? Yeah, yeah. I we know just went to that one. But and they, they rip your ticket <laughs> when you walk Inside, into that room. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes at uh, Krikorian, too, they'll have it. They have the two sides and they'll mm-hmm. have one each there and instead of the front one. Yep. But so they don't do that in Long Beach work. Town Center. They always have them in the front. And at the yeah. block, it's so big that they can't keep track of you. <laughs> just keep rolling and rolling and rolling. But at the Pike over there, I've done one where I walk across the lobby and just go into it. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that if you bought a ticket. Uh-huh to a movie mm. as long as it's happening at the same time as the movie you picked you can go wherever you want 
I, yeah, it's seeing I, more movies than that that they can get you for. Yeah. I don't think they have grounds to be like, no, you bought this movie and you went, oh, I changed my mind. I'd rather go watch this movie. It's it's happening at the Do same time. Do I have time. to pay more money to go see this one? No, then shut up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really want to walk up and change just, my I just ticket. I done it. So Do it. All. Do it. I'll do it with you. Do it. Dude. Do it. 100%. Come on. We'll go do to it. the movie pass, and I'll use my legit one to go see it. I keep it real. Okay. Uh, this has been episode 225? Oh, man. Sure. We're moving on. I don't up. know. I already closed the document. Yeah, 225. Look, this, Are you counting these the episodes past. from when we were still video? No, this actually restarted when I started doing just this stuff. How many did we have from video? I have no idea. Right. But, but a, a good number. Yeah. So uh, this could be episode like 500. We wouldn't well, even know. No, we only did like <laughs> 50 to 75 shows over there. So we might be up to 300. Yeah. Yeah, because what it was weekly. and there You was guys like, should watch those ones because I was on those ones. I don't think they exist anymore. I think You'd, Cypress took those down. Sons of bitches. Look, they only have so much server space. I, yeah, no, they were out. doing it through um, Ustream. Ustream, and I think Ustream uh, died. Ustream, yeah. no, Ustream still exists. Oh okay. no, we didn't pay for Ustream, so we only had a limited amount of space. Yeah, yeah. who knows? I had to delete a ton of shows when I was there. Ah, uh, uh, so but stuff's on YouTube now. That was before Dropbox and well, it was before YouTube Apple. did their thing. Yeah, YouTube has the live stream and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were ahead of our time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. I'm Adam. We'll see ya next time. Ukulele is a spiritual system associated with Crash Bandicoot. And it got... Ukulele is the system. Oh, whatever. Mario is the sequel to Halo. That's what it just sounded like right now. Or as they said, I just watched Neighbors. For the first time? Yes. And what the hell is with Zac Efron? Is he not our age? Is he younger than... How much younger? How the, why did he say Mario? Mario is what old people say. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.